I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite chip and dip show, also known as Shameless Sex. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it that way. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while, the jangle. I, I love the way you do it. Shameless Sex. Was that from a... That was just well. We Did had a, send that to us. We had a jingle request way back in oh, the day, yeah. probably in 2018 oh or God. 2019, and they had sent that. At some point, we did there a, was a jingle. Oh, and then thing. there was the, uh, the guy. I forgot country is from this from uh, Venezuela. Oh, and yeah. he sang a song. It's like shameless, like a whole thing. We we put it on there too. So that was nice. If you're still listening, thank you. We love you. We love creative folks we out lo- there. Yeah, thank you. We love our fans and our listeners and our dogs. And that's not what this podcast is about. And I love you too, Chip. This is a repeat guest. Orpheus Black. He is wonderful. He's an educator. He is inspirational. He specializes in the world of kink, but he also really does a lot of work around spirituality, um, somatic visionaries, all all kinds of stuff. When he speaks, I want to listen. Yeah. I said this in the episode. I'm just smitten by his delivery of information Mm -hmm. and with his vast knowledge how he came up and he's so articulate he actually is uh, an expert witness oh remember yeah. he talked about this briefly on the show for, for when oh, when, when the, folks when there's the, this is dark but when they are convicted of some, some kind of uh, asphyxiation death or choking involving the kink potential yes. kink stuff he's yeah. an, uh, an expert oh, witness yes because we talk about choking in this episode yes oh my god yes all right so yeah yeah orpheus we love you and guess what we did video so uh if you're not following us on youtube go find shameless sex on youtube and you can see the full video of this we'll have clips on our instagram as well and we're trying to do the tiktok thing so go find shameless sex in all these places because then you can see some little video bits and pieces um so yeah this is uh, on bdsm and but specifically we really dive into the erotic art of of spanking and we talk about face slapping, choking, all these other pieces that are quite common for folks or like people, well, for kinky, kinky folks, but also for people who are like kind of wanting to get into kink or feel like they're a little kinky. And we talk about safe ways to do it, pleasurable ways to do this. He has just endless information and he has an upcoming workshop all about spanking that he'll share more information on um i'm thinking about going myself because it's online so he's a boss he's a boss he's a boss. boss okay so sex question time yes because you know we, dear listeners we're doing this very nice thing trying to keep the intros nice and short we're for keeping you. them toy like a toy <laughs> toy under 10 minutes toy why is a toy tight i don't know it's uh, it's it's stealth. <laughs> it's like a cheetah, though. Well, you know what, Amy? We're losing time. It's not going to be in the this 10 minutes This is why we then. need a producer where I can have go Google this. <laughs> Jamie! Jamie! Well, okay. we're, we're working we'll, we'll on that. Someday. That's why everyone needs to review us. So it's we true. keep coming up and helping more people find out while we're toy like toygas and stealth <laughs> like cheetahs or jaguars. <laughs> Are we pumas yet? Or what's a, what's a pack of cheetahs? It's a coalition. Of course you knew this. Okay, sex question. She knows. Anyways, I won't go there. All right, sex question. Ladies, let me start off by saying thank you. I thought my husband of 15 years and I had a fabulous sex life before, but since discovering your podcast has gotten even better. I've been listening to some of your older podcasts and I'm very interested in the Queen Bee sex toy, but I'm having a hard time finding it. Because it's not on the market anywhere. We'll tell you why. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We love using the magic wand. Love that toy. It's April's best friend. In the bedroom. And he loves it when I come using it while he penetrates me. I am looking to up my game and 
very interested in the oscillating or pulsating sex toys. Are there some that you recommend? First, I want to just address the queen bee is from hot octopus. It was, we actually, we did discontinue it, unfortunately, because it was a good toy. It wasn't a great toy and we are making a version that is fantastic. It's in the infancy stage, AKA the stage where we test it. When, uh, we, when I first came on board at hot octopus, Adam, he said he became a vulva and he made the he queen. He became bee. a vulva? He was like, listen, April, <laughs> I became a vulva. You're going to love it. You're going to love this toy. And when I saw it, oh I was like, eh. I, I liked it. Mm. However, the material was just a little off. It was noisy. And we want to make amazing toys. I actually, so I actually tried the queen bee, um, which, so it's not on the market anymore, everyone, but I actually really liked what it felt like on my body. Me too. It was just too loud. It was loud and the material, it was TPE, so it wasn't soft like silicone, which I love silicone and it's actually silicone's preferred when you have a a toy that's going to come in contact with body fluids. It's just non-porous, but we will. So stay tuned. We are working on, which is top secret, but it will be someday a beautiful, it will be happening soon, but a beautiful version and that's going to be really cool when it's out guess where you'll be able to buy it purepleasureshop.com and guess what also i we do have recommendations for things that you can buy right now so i actually personally prefer oscillating or pulsating toys over regular vibrators so oscillating can you tell the difference between the two so to me they're doing more of like like a like, I think like a toothbrush like a vibrating toothbrush thing like or, a wall yeah, or, or, and a pulsator thing almost has like a, or like the suction ones, you know, instead of just like a crazy, not crazy, I don't want to say crazy, but I, and I still like vibrators. My favorite sex toy used to be the Mystic Wand, which is just like the magic wand, but a little less powerful and battery operated and smaller. Um, these are all great toys. So if you want a powerful vibrator, magic wand's great. If you want a powerful vibrator that's a little smaller, Mystic Wand is great. All at pure pleasure. I'll give you the discount code soon. Um, For the oscillating or pulsating, or for me, like the suction pulsating kind of toys that feel like like there is a vibration going on, but it is a kind of suctioning and pulsating on your body. That's the air pulse technology you're speaking to. Yeah, air pulse technology. I love the products that both Satisfier and Womanizer make. I don't like you. There's also the Fun Factory Stronic that pulsates, that goes in and out. That's actually a... So yeah, but I guess, so it depends what this person wants, right? Do you want... A toy that is pulse, or you're so you're talking about um, pulsating that toy kind of fucks inside. you, yeah. right? That sort that has a mechanism that feels like a thrusting. So it's inside of you and it's thrusting you, and that is the Stronic by Fun Factory. Right? There's a few versions. Yes, all at pure pleasure, um, and we love Fun Factory. April used to work for them, and they make f- I really like do. some of the yeah. They're German. They're German. German. And if you want a um, more of like the air technology suctioning toys that are external, then toys made by womanizer don't love that name um but, but love like, them yeah no but i like the type of product i love the products and i've given them to so many friends like what the fuck is this is amazing um and by satisfier and, and i one reason why i love them and i use them on or around my clit is they don't overstimulate me and i can have orgasm after orgasm and i can use them during sex i can have penetration while using this and have amazing orgasms so and those toys do sound loud before you put them on your body they sound like and then you suction them to your clitoris and then they're quiet and they're very silent so uh, if you're a little apprehensive when you turn it on when you buy it and then you turn it on just know that it will quiet down and your neighbors won't hear you i'm glad you said yeah i'm glad you said that because i think if you went to sex shop and you turned on like oh geez but like when you put it on your body and it suctions it's a whole different story so if you want to go and try some of these toys you all you need to do is go to purepleasureshop.com and you can use coupon code shameless sex you get 15 percent off and then in the search box just look up womanizer or satisfier Satisfier, or fun factory strong if that you want the internal one right yeah and if you're confused as to which one of these to get when you're looking there you can always email me personally at amy at purepleasureshop.com or you can visit her house at 555 no i'm just kidding santa cruz you cannot visit my house there (laughs) no no that was a joke all you can do is email me there and be like which toy should i get um, All right, that's a good question. It's a great question. And stay and stay tuned for the I'm excited we, for the that new one. queen bee, which will 
probably call the queen a V because long live the, live the queen. Long the live the queen. Is from London and from the UK. So shout out to all of our UK listeners as well. Hi. <laughs> and hopefully you can excuse my British accent from time to time. You have a great British accent. Are you ready for Orpheus's bio? Yes, por favor. All right. Orpheus Black is a public speaker, teacher, thought leader, and somatic visionary with expertise in kink. Orpheus aims to propel the intellectual and sensual evolution of masculinity, both by challenging men to reconnect with its roots and by inviting them to embrace manhood in its fullest. In this role, he shares insights, offers tools, and speaks against societal norms of shame and repression. Orpheus regularly provides guided lessons at world-famous staples in the S&M community, and he has been recognized by news resources like Mashable.com, Playboy, Marie Claire, and Ebony. To learn more, visit OrpheusBlack.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with Orpheus Black, repeat guest. And Orpheus is a wonderful public speaker, educator, and he is here today to talk about BDSM and especially the erotic art of spanking and maybe a little bit about face slapping and choking and all the tangents in between. Are you, are you spanking me right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Oh, and... <laughs> And we're doing video for this one. So if you're not following us on YouTube, go to YouTube and you can watch the full video for this podcast. We also have clips on our Instagram and our TikTok. We are still growing on TikTok. Uh, and you can see Orpheus in his sensual bedroom with all the candles. And are those real candles? or is that are real They are not real candles. candles? Oh, well, thanks for dispelling the myth. I wanted to, to kind of give that feel, shit. that vibe. Yeah. All yeah. the firefighters out there are thanking you, okay? <laughs> so I'm thanking you as well. Is that fire play going on over there? All right. Yeah. So it's beautiful, and you can actually connect with us in this way visually. And if you're just listening in audio, that's how most people connect with us. Anyways, so Orpheus, even though we've already had you on the show, we will start with the same prompt that we did before. Can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field or world, personal life, et cetera, of human sexuality? I love this question. So I was poly. I came in this world poly, uh, and one of my partners of five years decided to leave us for a dom. And I had no idea what a dom was. I thought it was somebody's name. I thought it was like some guy down the street. I thought it was like Dominic or whatever. And it turns out she had left me for this guy who was in BDSM, who was, you know, supposed to be a master or going to master her life. And when that turned tits up uh she came back and she said there's this whole new world out here and i need to reveal it to you and so she took me and my wife to our first kink club which was in a goth industrial club and to be honest with you i had no idea what goth industrial was i had no idea what goth or any of this was and so we show up in our hip-hop gear you know, we should pout crush powder blue velour. You know, we're looking hip hop and the guards are like, you know, this ain't hip hop night. And I'm like, nah, man, let me in. We know what's going on. And we had no idea. We had no idea. The first thing I saw was a guy with a mohawk and a dress, eyeliner, lipstick, you know, choking out a, a woman with his own high heel, you know, standing on a crucifix that she was suspended in. And what was weird about it is it wasn't weird to me, you know, and you know, the same guy came over and said, hey, do you want to learn how to do this on stage and perform with this? And I was like, yeah. And I never looked back. This was like my foray into kink. Prior to that, I had no idea what kink was. I had no, uh, I wasn't tying girls up with jump rope as a kid or anything like that. All I knew is I wanted to perform. I loved women, right? And I had a propensity for this. This was something that uh, aptitude that I had to do, to use the tools and to do the thing. And I just never looked back after that. That was, that was my foray into this lifestyle. Oh, Orpheus, you have been one of my favorite humans to interview on this show. And I'm so happy to have you back because 
the way that you articulate things in general. Before we started recording, I was like, let's do dictionary definitions <laughs> by Orpheus. And you're like, I actually love that. I'm like, you're so just brilliant. And you're just a, you're just a, a wonderful human to speak Thank with. You. And so the next question is, is a little bit more basic. I just want to give folks out there a reference point for kink, BDSM, fetish. So what is the difference in your expert opinion? Because you really are. What is the difference between kink, BDSM, and fetish? That's a great question. I'm going to say it like this. In the same way, non-monogamy is an umbrella term for like swing or uh, swapping or other things. Kink is an umbrella term for fetish, so on and so forth. So kink is any deviation from what you think is normal sexual behavior. What's important about this is that it's any deviation from what you think, not what your friend thinks or what the television thinks or what porn thinks. It's any deviation from what you feel is normal sexual behavior. Fetish is a deviation. BDSM is a deviation. It's all a part of that same umbrella. Now, BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. Okay. That's the general way that it's understood. It could also stand for bondage, dominance, submission, and mastery. That's a less known uh, way of doing it. It's kind of an old school way of doing it. But again, Bondage is a deviation from what most people feel is normal sexual behavior. Disciplining your partner or dominating your partner, right? Also kind of a deviation from what people feel is normal. So is sadism, uh, masochism. So is a submission and mastery or human mastery. So we have to think kink is just a catch-all term for all these other things. Now, fetish is a little more different. Fetish is a prerequisite to pleasure. It's something that has to happen in order for me to achieve a specific type of gratification. So me saying I like feet and having a woman put her feet together and then me, like Dave Chappelle says, sliding my penis between the, the hole in her feet is going to give me a specific type of sensual or psychosexual gratification. And in order for me to receive that gratification, it has to be done that way. It's also ritual driven, right? Oftentimes they need to have a certain type of toenail polish on the toes or a certain scent to the feet. Maybe they need to be sticky or stinky or sweaty or, or small or large, right? There is a prerequisite and without everything being filled, I can't achieve the type of sexual gratification I'm looking for. That's fetish. How common, this is like a little side note, but how common would you say uh, kinky folks are in the general population or fetish folks? Um, is it something that there's, a, well, and maybe a lot of people that we don't know that this is, you know, they're not out and, and proud, so maybe we don't have the numbers, but like, you know, is it like half the world? Is it like three fourths? How are we, what are we talking okay. about? Okay. So statistics say that one in two people identify as kinky. Right, that's the, numbers, that's the most recent right. statistic you can find. Actually, if you go on to Netflix and they ha have that uh, sex explained, they'll talk about. Uh, I love that episode. Right? It's so good. They quote, it's so good. They quote the statistic. I believe it's that one, and they go one in every two people are identifies kinky. What it is is really the degree to which they are kinky. It's the degree. Most people say, you know what? To one person doing it doggy style is kinky. To someone who will only do missionary. You know what I mean? Blowjobs, uh, anal sex. Oh my God, that is that is kinky. That is freaky, right? It's just the degree to which people feel their sexual expression is. And here's a real quick test. I'll do a really quick test for you and your listeners, right? Here's what I want you to do. In your head, I want you to think about three things that are considered normal sexual behavior. Would you guys like to play along? Yeah, three things 100%. You normal sexual behavior. Missionary sex, uh -huh. doggy style. Doggy. Oh, pussy massage. Pussy massage. Anal okay. Wait. Now give me three things that you would consider not normal sexual behavior that you're already doing. Golden showers. You're already doing golden showers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> wait, wait, no, not considering. That you wouldn't consider. I wouldn't consider normal. Yes. Uh, oh, 
Okay. Uh, choking me out into the place where I feel like I can't breathe anymore. Deep anal fisting. Love it. Okay. So now you can <laughs> see that the first part of that is your indoctrination. It's the thing that you think everybody's pre-programmed with. We all come equipped with this idea of hand-holding, right? Kissing, fi you know, finger penetration or digital finger penetration, um, so on and so forth. Then where you deviate is your kink. It's also called your unique sexual expression. So everyone is technically kinky. It's just that we're not all kinky to the same degree because we're not all expressing our sexuality to the same degree. I love what that. That's incredible to say that it's it's a matter of perception and in our own unique perspective. And I have experienced that with people in conversations where they, you know, anal sex to me is not really a kinky thing, but to them, well, deep anal fisting might be, but to them, they're like, anal sex, that's wild, you know? And, and even like you were saying, even blowjobs are like having cum in your mouth or there's so many different things. Pussy massage to someone, you know, because it's not part of their normal everyday sex life. So why do you think people have fetishes or identify as kinky like does it come from a certain place like an experience or experiences you know what here's the thing as as we know what people associate with kink is really the sensationalism that they see in porn that they see it on television that they see in movies and they happen to identify with and they're like oh my god that's kinky right kinky is really your deviation so you might think that actually okay by definition i am kinky but it's kind of boring like, is that all it is? Yes, that is all it is. Here's part two of that same guide. Watch this. What is the thing that you want to do that you would, are too ashamed to tell anybody? That's the next question. That's where we're going into the shadow. That's where everyone has a kink, a fetish, a thing. And that's where we start dealing with it because we're pulling out the parts of you that you're too ashamed or too embarrassed to say that you would like to do, that you would engage in, that you really are passionate about, but you don't know how to get support around it or how to do it safely, or you don't have the language for it, right? That's what really is the kink. That's really the juice. For me as a coach, that's what I'm really trying to get people to do is to step into that place. Do you guys have one thing that you, you might be comfortable with sharing with the audience that you're like, oh my God, I, I mean, it's something I really struggle with, but I'd love to try and do it. I would say for me, I think uh, in a fantasy world, your rape fantasy stuff is legit. See, but I know that I don't want to actually want to enter into a rape oh, okay. scene, but I am in a dominant submission being the like dirty, naughty little girl. And I have played into like the daddy little girl dynamic, various things about or like dom in bondage and things like that. But it never like let's pretend like you're actually raping me or mm -hmm. threatening to rape me um, isn't actually something I want to do. Do. I have one. Oh yeah, let it out. So my thing with the step fantasy, it's mostly step, but it could be considered incest and it could be a byproduct of my upbringing. No fucking lies there. I have this fantasy with the step. It's typically either an observer to a step environment where it's a step mom and a step son. Thank you. Daughter. Uh, I was like stepchild, Child? but it's yeah. mostly son. Uh, that's happening or for me, what really turns me on is the stepfather with the stepdaughter mm -hmm. where it's and and it's not anything that is. But I do have a thing with the 18 plus category. No joke. Nothing else. But it's like, oh, they look younger. 19, oh, under 20. 18? No, 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 oh. no. Under. It has to be. I have to know oh. that they're fucking ah. of age because otherwise I'm like, ew, yeah. no fucking way. But I do like when they look younger. They just have to look make sure I know that they're 18 plus when I'm watching porn. So but do you actually want to do it? Lo, do you want to actually I, do that? I have that? a turn on from that. Yes, okay. I would do it if it's like a played out scenario. Okay. Yeah, so like that so that's you. shameless conversations for me yeah. for right now <laughs> that I've never admitted. And first of all, let, like, let me give you some praise for that because that is very deep. Most people won't admit it, but it is the number two or three form of erotica in the world, peer-based erotica. More stuff is written about step incest than any other category of sex on the planet, right? That is the number one. But here's what I like for your listeners to kind of observe and also for yourselves. Notice that your language around it kind of diminished. You guys are skilled podcasters, but it was like a, and, um, uh, well, uh, you know what I mean? In that space. And what that tells me is that it's not fully integrated into who you are, right? Because I've never talked about exactly. it. Exactly. 
That's and why. This is, and right. this is why it's important because true integration happens around four steps. And I call this LAMP, L-A-M-P. Language, attire, mannerisms, presentation. The first step of true integration is developing language around it. Now, remember, 5% of language is words. What's the other part? Body language, right? If you've never talked about it, not only do you not have the verbal language for it, you also don't have the body language for it. So your body's figuring it out as on the fly. You're like your hands, your movement, your eyes, everything is learning how to deliver this information in a very specific way, right? Also, it feels so awkward because we don't know how to embody it. That's the attire. Like, how do we wear our desire? Right. And that's why we kind of feel awkward, a little disheveled, because we're trying to create a cohesive presentation for our other persons, for our listeners, for our partners. And when we can't do it, we just feel like an idiot and we get awkward and we get scared. But if we don't talk about it with someone, we will never develop the language. It will stay shadow. It will stay awkward. And eventually it will actually slip out. And I like to say, it's, you know, so uh, uh, our desires kind of are like uh, a fart, you know what I mean? It either slips out or it comes out as a burp. It can either come out in your mouth <laughs> or it can come like out your fart. ass. <laughs> but, but either way, your desire is going to come out. You're going to have this, this thing. If it's a true desire, it's going to either come out in a way that's not healthy and productive and it's going to offend some people, right? Or it's going to come out your mouth where you can accurately articulate it in a way where it's more palatable to other people, Right. That's going to be a quote for the I like, show She's right writing there. notes right now. I'm like, like desire is like a is fart. That going to slip out. <laughs> just like, just a little on, on the tongue. Oops. You know who I'm, you know what I'm saying out there, listeners, <laughs> special listeners. So, so last thing, last thing, there's only four parts in this thing. What is keeping you from engaging in the behavior that you want to do or that turns you on? Give me two things. Well, I also speak, can I speak generally just uh, shame and, um, and, you know, fear of being judged and someone saying this is too much. This is not normal. It's not okay. I'm rejected. Well, that's a lot of things, but you know, uh, losing the love, someone not wanting to do this with me, my feelings around that and then bottling that up. And then now I'm closed down and I, yeah, that's long. Window so sure. I'm going to say that the bulk of that tirade was about you fear of you losing the connection to the other person and being judged. You said 50 million things, yeah, but you, you reiterated it in the same way, which is, you know, a fear of loss. And that's totally understandable. Right. But also be fear of being reduced to a behavior, to an act, to a certain thing. That's dehumanization. Uh, dehumanization. That's not just shame. You're worried about somebody taking away your humanity and viewing you as just as an act or just as a desire. Right. And this is the number one reason why people don't communicate their fantasies, why they don't go into those deep places and really share authentically. My job is literally to drag that out of people and have them create co comprehensive ways of talking about this with other people, specifically their partners. What are your thoughts about that? Uh I think you're really fucking good at what you do. And every time you're on the show, I learn an immense amount of information from you. And this is why I have a maybe a secret fantasy about you, Orpheus Black. That is Thank what you. I have to say about Thank that. You. Ooh, so, way to out that, it. girl. So, just saying, I'm getting more comfortable with talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Step one. Step one. I'm listening it. to Lamp Instruction. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our carefully chosen sponsors, such as Like a Kitten. Want an easy hack to spice up your date night and put that sparkle back into sexy time? Get ready to have some fun and unleash your wild side with a build your own box from Like a Kitten. With this BYOB, you get to choose an item out of each of their six sexy categories. Toys, beauty products, lubes, hot activities, sexy accessories, and lingerie to help you have the date night that you've been dreaming about. Plus, since you select the items, the box is customized just for you and your desires. How perfect is that? There's something so exciting about opening a box full of pleasure. And what's even more exciting is this box costs only $79. And let me tell you, some of the vibrators alone cost more than $79. But you're getting an entire box full of sexy goodies for that price. 
Plus, right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or use code shameless to get 20% off those incredible boxes. Likeakitten.com slash shameless. The link is in the episode's description. All right, back to the interview. Another question, though, for you, Orpheus, if if that's okay to ask you, because uh, you're such a dominant, I like asking permission. Yeah, thank you. I like it. Uh, so- yes, you may. <laughs> thank you. So it seems there's a lot of of talk, or there's a lot of people that actually enjoy face slapping, choking. I've talked about choking. I am a, am a person that enjoys choking, not to the point where I, I can't coherently state what I want in a situation, but I do enjoy choking, especially when it comes to an intro to kink. Some beginners are in terms of when they're starting to embody the kink lifestyle, this comes into play, slapping, choking. So we would love, I would love your thoughts on this and suggestions on how people can interpret this and take this into their playtime safely. Thank you so much. I'm glad you asked this because this choking is actually my favorite subject. I'm actually in the state of California, an expert registered as an expert witness in the state of California for when people actually kill people <laughs> with regards to with choking. Oh, yeah. it's like an expert yeah. witness? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I've been, I've been on that, murder too. cases, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 a fun thing to talk about. But let's be specific. Okay, you just went from zero. No, you went from 360 to 1600 for me because she's on her way over to your house right now. I'm obsessed with <laughs> criminal cases of any sort. Oh my I, God. Okay, that's it. Not about me anymore. Sorry. I choke. I, it is one is my number one fetish. It is the thing that I love the most is the thing that I've investigated the most is the thing that I'm most into. And here's the thing. What you're describing is not choking. You're describing rough neck play. Right. Where someone wants to have their neck handled, grasped, you know, so on and so forth. But once you start squeezing and you start depleting oxygen from going uh, oxygen from going through the esophagus. Now you're talking about choking when you're talking about relieving the blood from going to the brain. We're talking about that's actually a type of blood play called shimiwaza. So one of the things that we try to do is make a distinction between the two. If I put my hand around your neck a few things can happen. One, I can make you feel like you're gasping for air, although you are not, right? I can put you out and you will never, it's so fast that you will not be able to put your hands up to your neck, right? Or I can rough handle your neck in the same way that you see in porn in, in other movies, right? Because most people in porn are not actually choking the individual. They're just handling the other person's neck rough. If you put that person out, the scene stops, Right. So how long can a person keep their hand on your neck before they start choking? So what most people are doing is they're doing a faux or a mock choking. And that's okay. But it does come with its kind of proclivity. It comes with its risk where you can slip a disc, pull a nerve, pinch a nerve, do a muscle. Right. You can actually rub so much that you actually uh, in the wrong place that you can drop the, the heart rate. You know, what I mean, so there's lots of things that can still happen. It's just not likely. Most people get into it because that is a control space. Your neck is a place of control. If I grab you by your neck and pull, you will follow where your neck goes. The myth is where the head goes, the body goes, but that's not true. Where the neck goes, because it's the most vulnerable part on the body, the rest of the body will go, right? So you want the feeling of being out of control. You want the feeling that this person is powerful. You want the p- idea that this person could, oh, at any point in time, take me out. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're really fantasizing with. And that's really one of the reasons why people do it. I hope that was a comprehensive enough. Wait, totally. So the person delivering, if there's someone that you're in an exchange with that delivers choking, choking they would be the dominant, right? The person that's actually the giver and not the receiver. Correct. So are they in a position of wanting to feel powerful and and checking in with their with the person that they're in play with? Is that something that's important in communication or is that something that should be talked about before? Because that has happened to me before where I, I felt like, whoa, 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 that was a lot. And like, I can't scream when you're ah, when it's that. But I'm into it. It just <laughs> need to be delivered at maybe a different level. Well, you, first of all, nobody should do it without really going through a class and actually learning how to do it safely. 
that's really it in a nutshell. And the first thing that they're going to tell you is, here's all the risks associated with it, and do you still want to assume the risk as the dominant, as the person giving it? Because at the end of the day, no matter what we agree upon, if you pass away, right, and I go to court, they're going to try me for murder. That's just the way it is. There's no, oh, she wanted it. It was consensual. They're not even going to talk about that. And Orpheus is going to be there testifying. You should have listened to this episode. Exactly. I told you. And and nobody on that court, and nobody in that jury is going to understand anything that this was consensual at all because that's why they bring me in is to really help the, the other people understand why would somebody want to do this. That's what people usually ask me. So that being said, no one should do it without training. And the training really helps to really uh, enhance the pleasure, right? Because from choking, you get priapism. And priapism in women and men is friggin' awesome. Priapism is, uh, choking used to be diagnosed by doctors as a way of curing erectile disorder. I don't know if you know that or not. And that's how people started hanging themselves in closets so that they could get an erection. That actually causes it, right? But Women can get clitoral priapism, and that's one, another reason why the turn-on is so great, because they're getting so turned on, their clitoris is getting this massive erection, they're getting this blood flow to the area, it, everything is intensifying, the sex is hotter, it's great, but you can hurt someone, right? It's not likely that with your hand you're going to kill someone, but it, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, you're about 50-50 that someone might get hurt, tweak neck, you know, a uh, pinched nerve, wow. something like that. Maybe uh, throat is a little sore, scratchy in the morning. You know, there's all kinds of things. So I think everybody should first take a class, learn what the issues are, and then talk about it. I feel the same way about also like face fucking and, you know, holding someone's head and fucking their face mm-hmm. with, you know, a dildo or, or homegrown cock and not talking about it before. And especially as being the giver, you can't really necessarily feel what's going on in the back of the throat. And then someone's gagged with a cock or a dildo in their throat. And I've known people who have had, not myself, but someone had got an abscess in the back of their throat because they didn't vocalize that it was painful and it was an infection. Um, I have had personal experience with it just being too much, being, you know, younger, not really knowing how to advocate for it and the person that was uh, initiating it didn't really talk to me about it there wasn't a lot like there you know there's someone that took on that dominant role without they didn't it doesn't seem like they had a lot of information about it nor did i um and so the i think these are all just things that we can see in porn and we're like i want to do that it's really hot and yet it there's a lot to it that has taken a course what about face slapping um i have heard that a lot of people just kind of slap a face but i've heard one of the things is actually to hold the chin and then do a slap just on the cheek area so that you don't get, you don't hurt the neck. Like, is there something about that one that a lot of people are going to a little blindly? You know, there's everybody's going to everything blindly. <laughs> and I can tell you when most people are talking, it's sublimated behavior, right? Most people, and just to give you an example, just really quick with like spanking, most people wind up spanking after they're already engaged in the behavior and they're like, they slap a butt once and then look to see if there's a response. And if there's no response, they'll go ahead and keep going. That is really sublimated behavior. Right. They wanted to do it. They feel it. They have an inclination, but they're scared to get permission. They don't want permission to do it. They don't want to have to talk about because there's shame and all these other things around it. Face slapping is another one of those things more for the person wanting to be slapped. Right. Because of what that looks like. What does that mean? Am I being disrespected? Am I a dirty little whore? What, 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 what does that mean? And if I have a mark, it's a reminder of these other things, right? But I don't want to ask for it in the, you know, prior to. I just want him to kind of, kind of happen. So talking about the face slapping in the proper way that you want to be slapped is really something that's very important. One of the things that I, tell, I, I always tell people is not to push a person's head to the side and then slap because then there's no way of relieving the pressure on the neck, right? The way we dis, uh, dissipate force is by turning with it. So when you slap and the person's able to turn their head, they can dissipate the force. But there's always the risk of, you know, the the deep tissue bruising or the bone bruising underneath the orbital. So, again, I would say if you're into it, I mean, it's low risk, but it still has its its flaws. And if you want to do it right, find people who love to do it and have been doing it for years and are capable of instructing you in doing it. And then you can go from there. And they'll also give you great ways of talking about it. Remember, language is the first step to integration. Right. Being able to talk to other people and helping them integrate what's going to happen. Language is the first step. 
So always talk about what you're going to do and even give a little demonstration. Say, hey, here's why I want to do it. I want to grab your chin like this and I want to do this. And are you going to use your fingers? Are you going to use three fingers? Are you going to use two fingers? Are you going to use your whole hand? Right? Are you going to use the ridge of your hand? Right? Is this going to be thumb in, thumb up? Right? Thumb down? Or use the back of your hand? You know, how are you going to deliver the thing? Right? All of them give a different type of sensation and everybody's not into all of them. That's good. How do you feel about face slapping? So (laughs) I honestly, for me, face slapping is not a thing that I can really accept because to me, it's, I hate, I hate, and I don't use hate often in my language. I do not like when my face is touched and slapping to me reminds me of when I was a kid, which is a question that I have about spanking because spanking for me, I was I was spanked often as a child. I was beat with a belt as well. And sorry if this is triggering for anyone. I've definitely done uh, some work around that. So uh, this lies within, I don't know why I am really not, when when someone slaps my face, especially without permission, when they haven't been uh, honored with that, I I believe that privilege, Mm -hmm. because that is a fucking privilege for me in my life. I get pissed and it turns into me being like, fuck you. Don't touch me anymore. I need to take a break from this because you just triggered something inside of me that I don't even know what Mm. it is, but I'm pissed. But spanking Orpheus for me is something that I'm like, "Hmm, I can, I like that. It, it, it has something inside of me. So this brings me to a question about the correlation, I guess, between, and we don't have to necessarily go with, um, I just um, want to say this. We don't have to necessarily go with with what uh, the, the it is about face slapping, but I want to talk about spanking and the correlation with if that has something to do with when people are young and if if that's if it if it has to do with like how they grew up, if it's something that they can maybe accept because they grew up with spanking and it turns them on because of that. I, I just want more information about spanking, receiving, and not in terms of face slapping. It's kind of separate. And then we'll talk about uh I know there's some the actual a lot of workshops that you do surrounding spanking, but we can get into that in a minute. But I want to know about <laughs> if there's a correlation with how you grew up being spanked and uh, maybe how that comes into your sexual um, existence later on in life. Mm. First of all, I want to say I keep this by my bed just for women like you. Alcohol so I can clean. Is that talcum powder? Oh, alcohol no, so it's I can clean alcohol. my hands before I touch any woman's face. Oh, right. Okay. I, I make sure that I, I never touch anyone's face without cleaning my hands first, like absolutely thoroughly. Right. And then I have a little lotion to, over there to put it on there. Really important to always clean your hands before you touch any part of a woman, in my opinion. You know, germaphobes dream and I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> so again, just you nailing all of it, Orpheus. Thank seriously. you so much. Um, the answer to that question is a very vague yes and right? It can be totally that for certain individuals and it can be have nothing to do that for others. Most people receive spankings because it is in line with a part of their identity, their role that they've chosen for the sexual engagement, an archetype that is coming up for them or for the physical sensation, specifically with women, because when you hit uh, the backside, vibration actually travels through and vibrates the clitoral band. Right. And so there's many different reasons why lots of people engage in it. Each person is different. It can be any one thing or any combination of any of those things. The idea, the thing that I say is not worry about why, but in the moment, just say, what is delicious about this? What is giving? Is it is it the idea that I have I, I'm a I'm a little and I'm laying across this authoritative dad, father figure's lap and that is the turn on and that he's just handling me in this way? Is it part of the fantasy where I'm being disciplined because I did something wrong and that's what turns me on? Is this hearkening back to maybe a stepfather or stepmother fantasy that I have and this is what's coming up? I personally, as a dominant, I don't care. You know what I mean? What the person is, if they want to share, if they know and they want to share it with me because they feel it's going to enhance the moment, I'm always willing to listen. But I don't want people to get so preoccupied with the why as much as the yum. You know what I mean? I want you in your yum. I want you in your deliciousness. I want you to bask in your sexuality, in your sexual expression, and also to take time to receive. Just to receive. We have to remember that power, and and really, let's talk about the women's empowerment movement. Power is really a a combination of two things. Power is 
the ability to act in accordance with one's will or desire. The easiest way to convince a person, specifically women, that they have no power is to make them feel like they have no desire, like they have no want. Anytime you want for something, it's too much. You're too needy. You're it, it, Just accept what you're given, right? But being able to lay and languish in your desire is a part of your power. Being able to receive exactly what you want in that moment is a part of your power. Being able to ask for and receive and integrate and develop and really say and encourage a person to do exactly what you want, that is power. So for me, all the this, that's, and the other to me aren't really a thing. I want a person to be in the moment, in their power, receiving whatever feels good to them. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. Uberlube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter, or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, Uberlube. Uberlube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube, and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. 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 So when people are interested, and we're going to ask you in a second about the workshop that you have coming, the two-part class, the the erotic art of spanking. But before we do that, what are just some quick tips for folks who want to improve their spanking game? And, and, and I, I guess a side question would be, is this just spanking with hands on like fleshy parts of the body? Is face slapping a part of that? Is sp- spanking and patting on other parts of the body that doesn't involve the bum? Is that spanking as well? Uh, spanking is anytime you take, first of all, it used to mean anytime you swing anything into any part of a body that used to be considered spanking. It could be a ruler. It could be a paddle. It could be all of it was considered spanking. Now, spanking is really hand on bottom, but you can do hand on thighs. You can do hand on inner thighs. You can do hand on hips. You can do hand on back. You can do hand on stomach and still be considered spanking. It's only slapping when you get up to the face from the neck up, it's considered slapping. So I'm not going to teach any of that face slapping, but I will be teaching spanking. Okay. And that's hitting the bum for right now. And maybe some of the back of the thighs, maybe the inside thighs, and maybe sometimes the box, you know, the clitoris, uh, or the vulva, you know, I also like to spank those too. For some people, it's very erotic and it also brings lots of blood flow to the area. So for me, that's great. 
quick tips. Treat it like a drum and not just like a ass. This is every meeting is not disciplinary, right? Yo, you're a bad girl. You know what I mean? That's not always good. <laughs> but think about this: a drum is just hard wood with skin pulled across it. Essentially, the bum is the same thing. It's a, a hip right? Which is hard and it's got skin pulled across it. When you hit a drum, there's a vibration that travels from where you hit all the way through, produces a sound out the other end. When I hit a butt, I hit it, a vibration travels through and a sound comes out. We usually call that a, oh, or, ah, or, you know what I mean? There, it does produce a sound, but think of it from in terms of vibration and you have to allow time for it to travel the distance. Also understand that if we're dealing with vibration that a person needs to be able to resonate with the vibration that you're putting in. So their body is adjusting to what you're doing and you need to give it time to adjust. You need to give it time and meeting and touching and growing. Let them feel the warmth of your hands, the dexterity of your fingers, group and mold and move the butt around, really feel into that space and then spank again. Do it again. Give touch, give context, give everything, but give it time to move through the body and let the body adjust to it. The longer you take to warm a person body, a person's body up, the more they can take in the long run. They may be able to take four or five good shots from a good swatch from a medium, a, a big man. But if you go later on, they'll take 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and enjoy every moment of it. Is that a good Tip. That's just hot. Whatever you said, my bo my, bottom, my bottom's making its way to the screen <laughs> right now. Uh, if y'all, if you're not watching on YouTube, you go check it out. Just kidding, it's not. But here, here we go. But no, I mean, I I thought spanking, uh, ass spanking, has been really hot for a long time. And one of my kind of spank bank fantasies that I have uh, lived out here and there in person is um, the idea of like being bent over a knee and then spanked and then threatened with some anal punishment like something's gonna go on my ass if i'm a dirty nasty, nasty little girl and then there's a vibrate on my clit and i'm forced to orgasm over and over again but if i orgasm now something's really going in my ass and then spanking happens again and again yeah i know it's real hot and uh and there's and i i was spanked like a couple of times when i was a kid not a bunch and i'm just always curious about how that shows thank you janice there. for being an amazing mom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she's like you went too far amy and april too far on that one no well I, i'm just curious about that like when people spank their kids if uh, if you're like oh wow i might be creating a little bit of a kink in this person or not like we don't you're like i think i understand what you said is it could come from experiences that we had or did not have have and it might not also come from that or that from the question we asked correct earlier? that is absolutely correct and, and again we've known okay. since the Roman times where they used to have an official spanker that came to the orgies to, to set everything off, that spanking was a turn on. We've always known that. And it wasn't until I believe the Protestant Reformation where they were big onto spanking and disciplining kids that it was really brought back because it was only used for erotica back in the days. It was never used to discipline your children. Right. And so for us seeing it in the modern day context, we've always known that it is erotic. The only thing that really takes it out of the erotic is context, right? We're making a person feel bad. It's like, you did wrong. Uh, and so we're dropping an anchor, a physical anchor into the body. And that usually keeps turn off for happening. But there are some people who sexualize discipline. There are some people who sexualize uh, rough play. There are some people who sexualize being handled. There, you know, some people sexualize masochist, uh, masochistic acts. You know what I mean? But it's not just spanking. There's all the other supporting periphery uh, that also need to be taken in consideration. There is no direct causation. There's always 50 million other things that are intertwining with this. I'm pretty sure in my Ancestry.com uh, lineage that I saw Roman spanker. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think I'm like 15% a descendant your, from the Roman spanker. Is that like your uncle, your great, great, great uncle? It's my, my 32nd great uncle. That was the Roman spanker. Hey, Roman, last um, name is spanker. <laughs> I'm just fucking about. I've never done the Ancestry.com. I'm afraid of what I'll find. However, I have a question because you're, you're such a, you're, okay you're just you're just a teacher I, this is just and and i am always a student every time you're on our show and i'm sorry i keep giving you so many props of embarrassment <laughs> when i'm like i love you Orpheus. thank you you're just amazing i just love a dominant man obviously maybe that was a spanking that intertwined into my roman spanking and that intertwined into my childhood that comes back to this 
this interview is right your now. Name Roman? <laughs> <laughs> so my question is: so you have this two-part online series it's a class that folks out there listening can actually take this is offered i believe april 2nd 2022 and april 9th 2022 can you please tell folks what that the workshop is called i know it's around spanking and also uh we're not going to get into how you can sign up yet we will at the end of the show so stay tuned but what that class would entail what that looks like. yes basically it's going to be an online zoom class and what we're going to do is teach you the a to z art of spanking. We're not just going to say, here's how you put a hand on the bottom. We're going to tell you when, where, and why. We're going to talk to you about how to negotiate it, how to talk to people about uh, how to spank from a consensual standpoint. We're going to also talk about how to make that hot, how to go into that conversation and not be a turnoff, right? We're going to talk about spanking before, during, and after, and what all the effects are. Also, how you can heighten pleasure using spanking, not just use it for discipline. There's 50 million ways to spank, and I'm going to try and give you 50 million and one, right? We're going to have live demos. So I'm going to have beautiful models bent over this bed, bent over my lap. We're going to talk about role play and how to enhance it from that standpoint. We're also going to talk about how to do rough scenes where you want to get a little rough and you want to do the rough play and you want to have to pin somebody down and still get that good spanking in there. We're going to do everything that you can possibly think about with regards to spanking. And I think it's going to be one of the most awesome classes I do. It's called the erotic art of spanking and everybody, especially all of your listeners are welcome to attend. It's going to be limited seats because I don't want to keep giving this information. It's kind of a promotional thing to kind of increase stuff coming to the site. But for those that are going to get in it, they're going to get their money's worth because they're going to get their voyeur on, right? They're going to be able to see hot bottoms, you know, we're going to talk about whether you should wear panties or what the white panties signify in the mind, or if they're going to do bare bottom spanking, or if we're going to put on a glove, the leather glove, or if we're going to use pads or mitts, we're going to do bondage, you know, we're going to tie them down and then spank, right? There's going to be so many things that we can do. As a matter of fact, we're just going to push the limits of how we can spank an individual. I have to say, we've recorded, whatever you're at, like 260-something podcasts. I'm actually more turned on in this episode than I have been in most other Yo, ones. Tumbian. You're speaking my Thank language you. here. I was like, oh, the penny's pulled up and oh, bent over the knee. Um, okay, so I will be there at this online workshop. So <laughs> our listeners are like, how do I go to this? Okay, so you're saying April 2nd and April Correct. 9th of 2022. And I know that they use code SHAMELESS25. They, shameless they get 25% off for signing up, for being our lovely listeners. Um, and I'm just combining this all in one question. How can people find and work with you as well as sign up for this workshop? And if people are listening to this Evergreen product way later and this workshop's not available, I'm sure you have plenty of other things coming out where they can work one-on-one, but give our listeners all of the ways to find more Orpheus. Yes, you can go to OrpheusBlack.com. That's O-R-P-H-E-U-S B-L-A-C-K.com, OrpheusBlack.com, and then go into classes, and you'll be able to see that you can work with me personally one-on-one. You can also sign up and make a a free 30-minute consultation with me to see if it's a great uh, connection or not, and I work with both individuals and couples and really help them navigate the uh, the the sexier side of their shadow or the shadow sides of their sexuality. That's what I do. So if you want to do kink, if you want to do fetish, if you want to do poly, if you want to go along the edges and push the edges of your relationship, your dynamic, your sex, that's what I help you do, right? And I love doing it. And I look forward to working with each and every individual. So again, OrpheusBlack.com, O-R-P-H-E-U-S-B-L-A-C-K. Go to the classes Look and see which session which session package works best for you. Give us a call or sign up online and we'll go from there. And we'll have the the coupon code or not the coupon discount code in our show notes as well and the link. So if you want to find out if you're related to a Roman smoker, <laughs> sign up just like me. You and I can be spanked or the spanky. Find out today. Exactly. I love it. Orpheus, you're just uh you're uh, not only phenomenal, and I'll use uh, many adjectives to describe you, which are all just beautifully driven because you have so many gifts to offer, especially in this realm. You're just a talented individual, such a teacher, and 
thank you for another beautiful episode where you share with our listeners your offerings because what the work you're doing is fucking important. And this is stuff that people that you're actually creating not only education around things that sometimes don't have normalization, but you're giving them light so people can live in this shame-free world around these kinks or these fetishes. And I think it's really, really just, again, I will use the word incredible because I can't think of a more phenomenal word. And we're going to do our dictionary, (laughs) uh, Orpheus Black dictionary (laughs) session later. Uh, But thank you. So I I really, uh, I loved this episode and we'll have you back again because I cannot get enough of Orpheus Black, which... Ah, to all of our listeners out there, go check out Orpheus's work. He is just the top of his class in, in so many subjects. So thank you. And to you listening, whether you're a Roman spanker or not, we don't judge. We love you because you're part of the shameless sex revolution. If you love us just as much as we love you, we would love to hear from you. Go ahead, rate us on iTunes. Five stars are preferred. Why? Because it helps more folks out there in the world find people like Orpheus Black and all of the educators and and authors and doctors and all of the people that Amy and I have on the show. We love each and every one of you and we read every single fucking review. And I use the F word slightly, but fuck. Really importantly, watch us on YouTube if you want to. We're starting to do more video in our new studio. (laughs) All right, y'all. I love each and every one of you. I will spank you. Good night. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.